0: Welcome. On today's episode, I'll be sharing with you some of my learnings and experimentation with embodying my voice. What is your relationship to your voice? Friendly or otherwise? (laughs) Um, Perhaps this episode will have some insights in it for you that could help you change your relationship to your voice too. Welcome to the Expand Your Ability podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Schwinghammer, and this is a show about somatics, which means it's a show about learning about yourself, developing awareness, being embodied in your own body, being here now with your experience. All right, so I am both playing in authority, right? I have something to teach, I have something to share. And I also am a student. I am also learning all the time, every day. I'm always playing with something. And so this episode is kind of me in student mode, sharing with you what I'm learning and what I'm experiencing as I learn from teachers as well. Um, A little bit about my story before we get into the topic, because it's related part of my journey has been working with voice challenges. And having voice challenges has led to a lot of self-consciousness around my voice, around being seen and, well, being heard, really. Um, There's these small ways that I've learned to diminish myself, to shrink away, to hide away, all sorts of things. And so, Learning to find these, mo- these, these movements, these moments, to catch them in the moment and to change them has been part of the practice. Um, you know, uh, this really started as, you know, it really came to the forefront as a teenager um, where I would developed kind of a weakness in my voice. There was also a sort of like a tension there. Um, it never really felt full or strong ever as a teenager. So it was always kind of something that was me questioning myself. Well, what's going on or what is this? And, you know, as I've talked about frequently is the the self-image, you know, how do we relate to ourselves? And then how do we move based on how we relate to ourselves? That's kind of the issue of the self-image. Um, and, you know, with all these things, everything is related I don't know if there was one particular event or was it somehow my behavior with my voice? Was that affecting how I moved the rest of my body, uh, creating other pain and tension? Or was it the pain and tension elsewhere that affected my voice? I'm not sure, but it became a tangle <laughs> for sure. Uh, and so that's it's been a question that has been motivating my interest in somatics and movement and understanding myself and my own anxiety my own relation to other people and recently uh I attended the Minnesota Men's Conference uh it's technically actually across the river in Wisconsin but it's the Minnesota Men's Conference it's been around for just about 40 years and it's really awesome. Uh this is the second year I've gone uh to the the February weekend. Um I recommend all you guys who are listening to look it up and check it out. A part of the weekend is singing and reading poetry and using voice and and actually, you know, some drums and uh kind of musicality and it's so neat. It is so neat. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, like yeah, to sing with other guys, like it's just something we do. Um, and there's some really, really talented singers who are really good at guiding the rest of us to join. So none of us, n- none of us are really experts. Well, some are experts, but um, I, like, you don't have to be an expert because this, the voice and singing, is not necessarily the domain of the professional I think it's so easy to put that in to the professional domain and to have an opportunity to play to to sing along to to be in a welcoming atmosphere is really really cool so I want to share a little bit more about one fella his name is Nicholas and he's he's a really cool guy Real, real present, real just there with you and really enthusiastic about singing. Um, that's part of his work is to help other people sing. And one of my favorite things about the weekend is on Saturday and Sunday morning, before the other stuff, the uh, quote official stuff happens, um, a bunch of us meet in the basement. Uh, below where we do most of the meetings and we sing so nicholas will guide us and you know other people chip in in terms of their ideas and we'll just play literally play with the voice we'll warm up and you know there'll be a song with a call and response you know we'll go from one thing to the next and we're moving as well and wow how fun is that? And, you know, like, you know, my old, old pull away, you know, shrink and hide. Oh, I, I can't. All, you know, all that stuff plays out. But that space is so good for drawing me into it and wanting to play. And that's kind of a tough thing, right? To, If you don't have any history of playing with the voice, like, or you don't remember playing with your voice, it's not necessarily obvious how to play with your voice. If, if you're loaded with self-consciousness, it's like, uh, I'm not good enough as the singers on the radio, that kind of thing. Um, at least that's what I've felt. So I, I talked with Nicholas, and then he, he really encouraged me um, to incorporate uh, singing or humming or just vocalizing. Oh, this was really great. He said, you know, when you're just getting started, or at any time, if you squeak or you squawk, all is welcome. And it was just a beautiful way to phrase that. Because, you know, if you're not good at singing and like, your voice squeaks or whatever, it's like, oh, that's, that can be the, like, the, the fearful moment. Oh, I don't want to stand out in that way. And Nicholas was super great at creating a welcoming space for that, for squeaks and for squawks. Uh, What he advocated um, was that I, you know, when I drive someplace, keep the radio off and sing or hum or uh, sing hallelujah. Um, There was a song that I remember. uh, It was like, Bella Mamba, Bella Mama just kind of that on repeat just to make it a part of my driving experience and so i've been playing with that and then when i'm at the the y and i'm working out or whether i'm on the bike or um doing squats or deadlifts uh i've been humming humming (laughs) uh everyone else is on their phones or they got you know they got their headsets on they all have their music so I'm just over there at the rack humming (laughs) up and down (laughs) I don't think anyone notices um but I find it kind of funny so yeah has that ever come up for you have you ever thought about humming while exercising or driving someplace maybe that'd be of interest to you how could you bring in sound more often so another aspect of learning is that I have just went through a weekend workshop with David Cates, a Feldenkrais practitioner. He's a musician and storyteller, and we're actually working with him uh, for narration of our documentary. So pretty excited about that. Uh, David really put together an awesome workshop this past weekend. Uh, it was for Feldenkrais practitioners, kind of like as a sort of training uh well you could say additional training um but he's doing another version in June and it's really cool i'm going to have to get information for you guys because it's really really cool what he's putting together so his his workshop is called listening with your whole body right so we can easily think of Listening happens with my ears, right? Well, not quite. (laughs) Also your skin. Also the bones vibrating inside you, your whole body vibrating. All of this is part of your hearing capacity. So don't just limit it to your ears. It's a whole body experience. And so he incorporated voice and vocalization into the lessons in a really neat way, and this is something I've been playing with uh, myself. Uh, it was a curiosity that I ha- I've had. Traditionally, the awareness through movement class um, in the Feldenkrais method is generally quiet. Right, the teacher's giving these instructions, and there's movement happening, and you know you can hear the movement, I suppose. But it's so rare that teachers incorporate vocalizations and it is it has such a profound impact. Like it, it changes the movement, it can make the movement easier, it can invite movement in places uh that are inaccessible. Um watching where your resonance goes as a reference is really. Really awesome. So I've been playing with it myself and then taking this workshop. It's like, wow, David has taken a bunch of steps further. I know I'm on a good path. So I'm really excited about this. If you're a Feldenkrais teacher, I recommend you incorporate vocalizations. Or if you're a student, add vocalizations. And Okay, let me define a little bit. Vocalizations. I just mean sound, (laughs) like it could be vowels, it could be words I suppose, it could be groans or growls, like animal sounds, or it could be like a siren, like a oooooh, anything really. (laughs) This is the play. So if you're a student and you're just feeling a little bit bold, whether you're in person or online go for it add some sounds and vocalize so w- why is this why is this helpful why is this even playful well th- this this thing that david said really struck me It's just like of course duh <laughs> like message receive this is so important so he talks about how when kids play they make sounds as they play right every Every parent knows this right, even if you don't remember this from your own childhood, like kids make sounds they just they make they they vocalize they, they they're responding they're like all whatever it is and if they were to be in the other room and you hear them and you hear them, and then all of a sudden it goes quiet, it draws your attention them going quiet is like ooh, what happened?" Right, you want to go check it out, right? It's that play. It's it's actually a great quality to play with the sound like that. These, uh, but the the issue is like Kate's said that we can get disembodied from our voice, right? We play with that as kids, and maybe one too many adults say to us, "Keep it down. Don't make a sound. Right, be quiet." And that natural inclination to include our voice in what we're doing gets disconnected, gets disembodied, as he put it. That's really, really powerful. We could have so much more of a connection to our voice, and this is where I'm really interested, this is where I'm playing, is... How to incorporate that more and more. I mean, it's so easy to listen to music more than ever right now, right? On Spotify or whatever station you listen to. And to listen with headphones. Right? I mentioned earlier your skin, your body also hears the music. And this is like the first time like, well, in the past, whatever, 100 years, whenever headphones were invented, it's like the first time we've really divorced hearing from the rest of our body, right? To take in music just through the ear canals that no one else can hear but us. It is also a disconnection from our body. Something, well... It's a little bit vulnerable to share, but I'll share it anyway. Um, Cates had invited us to use listening to music. Uh, He had some classical music playing, and that would be the reference. So we listened to that before and after the movement exploration. Um, I believe also once or twice during the lesson as a little bit of a check-in. And it was really interesting having done the vocalization and the movements and then listening to the music again it was more present i could feel like i was hearing it deeper in me Um, i think at first it was maybe like a something out there sort of phenomenon but then it was hearing it internally And there was a sort of sensitivity, like a a vulnerability in my chest to actually hear the music like that. Because I think that vulnerability was from me being open to being influenced by the music. And I hadn't quite felt it that clearly like that before. It was just this... The, the Like the sadness that was coming, like the music was, you know, had a, an emotion to it. Like it was, it was for me, it was like I felt this sort of sadness flowing through it. And it was like, wow, like it's, the music, I mean, was like, I guess it was like speaking to me. Um, people say that and I don't think I had a really good reference for that in the past. And it was like, there was a conversation there. And to be open to it, it was it was really novel, and so that's something I'm going to continue experimenting with, and incorporating in my teaching is um, certainly vocalization, and you know I'm thinking about incorporating music as well. Um, oh, I'll leave you with one note um, from uh, David Cates. Uh, so he said, you know, the audiologist will measure the the quantity of your hearing right the volume and all that stuff and the clarity and all that so the audiologist will test your hearing but it's your relationships that will test your listening right because we can hear and not listen we can take in auditory information, but not actually listen in real conversation. So, that's what's been on top of my mind lately uh, in terms of embodying the voice. I'm curious what you think. What in this Exploration was interesting for you. Was there anything that was um, inspiring? Did you get any new ideas? I'm trying a little bit of a different format uh, lately. Last episode and this one and here and there before, but I'm trying to go off an outline and find the flow as if in conversation here with you. So it's a little bit different than my more scripted uh, episodes. I'm curious what you think. So thank you for listening. Uh, Feel free to send me an email. You can find my email in the show notes. Uh, There's also a link to the newsletter. If you join the newsletter, you can hear about opportunities to work with me, including one-on-one or class series, and possibly other offers coming down the way. As always, please take what you hear here to your friends and your family, to anyone that you have uh, a playful interaction with, and, and share these ideas, Like, or one idea. What was interesting? What was something that surprised you? What's their relationship to their voice. What if you hum together? (laughs) Who knows, right? Get playful. All right. Thank you for your attention.